Hello, I'm Mike Brown, Executive Editor of Supermarket News, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast series, Off the Shelf with SM. In today's episode, we'll talk with Jeff Crumpton, Manager of Retail Reporting Solutions at SPINS, a leader in wellness-focused data research technology. Jeff has spent much of his time at SPINS in retail-facing positions, including developing products and solutions for SPINS retailer partners, along with other industry partners, such as distributors and certification partners. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. So, so to begin, uh, I guess, in what has been a, a pretty challenging year on many fronts, the health and wellness category has performed strongly, uh, both in food and beverage and supplements. Talk to us about what SPINS is seeing overall in the category. You know, I think what we've really noticed, you know, and like you said, COVID has been such a vast departure from kind of normal, that the increased focus that we see on the wellness better for you products has really been um, a bright spot. You know, we know that, for example, when it comes to supplements, vitamins, things like that, that wellness has always been associated with that segment of um products, but what we're seeing now is that consumers really are thinking of wellness much more broadly, and they associate that wellness with um, their health. So, you know, the choices that they're making for food and beverage, as well as some of the supplement and vitamins that they're purchasing, um, that has been strong throughout. It continues to be strong, um, and I think that that is really kind of I wouldn't say force, but it certainly brought into focus for many people how important that is. Right, right. But what we're seeing is like the you know, organic, natural, and, and claims-based products, they're surging as consumers seek healthier lifestyles during the pandemic. Uh, we're certainly seeing that play out. Do, do you expect that growth to, to level off, or is this going to be a lasting side effect of the pandemic? Yeah, I think all the evidence that we see, that we continue to monitor you know, month after month, indicate that natural, organic, and all of these better-for-you product claims will continue to perform well. Okay. I think part of this can be associated with the lack of clear guidance um, on a federal level. So consumers are you know, really turning to trusted third-party certifications like non-GMO, plant-based, etc., um, to provide some reassurance that the products that they are purchasing actually do align with their strict requirements. Um, you know, we continue to see, for example, that organic products outperform non-organic products year over year, um, and we can, we're really confident that that trend is going to last. Um, given the time that we've been kind of pulling back as a country, you know, socially distancing, heeding advice from you know trusted medical advice, you know, we've been limiting our routines. Um, but we've also been really hyper-focused on purchasing wellness. Um, and that pattern of behavior that we're seeing, you know, is certainly going to imprint itself on how customers, how consumers choose um, products in the future. Right. And within these categories, we, you know, we see that plant-based foods continue their upsurge you know, that they've been experiencing over the past few years. Um, can you give us an update on what's going on with plant-based these days? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Plant-based is one of those segments that really kind of fall within the broader umbrella of natural and organic. And so coming into 2020, we were already seeing strong growth for plant-based products. You know, 
customers, you know, consumers are already familiar with plant-based milk and yogurts and some of the protein meat alternatives. But what the pandemic did for us, you know, really did for that segment of um, the market really supercharged that growth. Plant-based brands already had a ton of innovation in their pipeline. So when, you know, we start to see rising COVID cases, we start to see all the news reports about meat processing plants starting to circulate. You know, plant-based products were really positioned to be able to pick up the slack. Um, consumers purchased that. You know, they they really kind of flocked to it, and it it really kind of taps into this idea of consumer sentiment that we've been seeing over the last couple of years. That a conscious consumerism is concerned about agricultural factory conditions and general animal welfare concerns. Um, and so, for example, even within, you know, kind of any of the space, animal welfare claims are also trending quite high. And that association with plant-based, kind of the alternative to a, a mainstream analog has just really been a rocket ship for this segment of the market. Right. Uh, you know, we've, we're also seeing a big rise in, in plant based in, in the private label segment, um, as well as just in general in, in health and wellness, we're seeing a big surge in private label, uh, private brands. Um, I guess just that traditional retailers seem to have caught on that, that this isn't just a fad. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I, I'm not surprised to see private label respond to these wellness categories. You know, plant-based is certainly one of them, but not the only one. You know, at core, natural retailers you know, utilize and use their private label programs um, to, quite, to great effect. And they are well-established um, and they're always monitoring for innovation and how to incorporate trends into their current assortment. And what we're really seeing now is more traditional retailers do that too. Um, you know, they're getting wise to the concerns of consumers. Um, you know, they're responding to the requirements that consumers are telling them that they want in product assortment. You know, natural retailers have always been really well positioned to incubate and launch innovation within their stores. And what we're seeing is that these now these regional players are paying attention to these trends too. Um, private label also, there's a, a, a bit of concern from consumers around their wallet. And so private label is always a safe harbor um, when budgets get tighter, you know, we certainly see that with unemployment, that private label tends to be where folks will settle. Um, you get the same quality, you get all the great innovation, and it really kind of comes back to those retailers that do just a fantastic job thinking about innovation in health and wellness categories. You know, and plant-based is just one of those that um, they've picked up and carry. And, and, you know, speaking of traditional retailers, what we've been seeing is a lot more focus on health and wellness in uh, you know, conventional grocery stores these days. Uh, you know, we've seen chains that are you know, devoting more space, uh, creating store within a store concepts, uh, launching separate banners for natural. Um, any thoughts on that and, and any tips for maybe some traditional retailers looking to expand their, their health and wellness offering? Yeah, I, I would say that it's you know critical to understand who their customer is and what that customer is looking for. We know that you know different grocery stores have different demographics that shop their store. 
Um, and so kind of adopting a one-size approach to their assortment isn't necessarily going to be the most impactful. So it's really, it, it needs to be tailored to their core customer. Um, I think understanding the basics of what wellness looks like, um, not just in supplements, but across the entire store is important. And then, you know, retailers doing their due diligence to understand the underlying trends, um, you know, that will be critical in planning and organizing the concept, whether it's devoting a segment of their store, you know, cutting in products to their current sets, or really developing a new banner altogether. The other thing that we know is that, you know, retailers' most important asset, their in-store associate, um, is is a, a critical piece that they need to make sure that they have educated. Right. When customers come into store, they're looking for the associates to help them with these kind of health and wellness products. Um, and that, you know, frankly, customers have a great deal of trust built in their preferred retailers. So placing an item on the shelf that doesn't have a person that's knowledgeable to, to speak to the benefits just means that you have something gathering dust on the shelves. Mm-hmm. A knowledgeable associate what is the key to executing your strategy successfully. Right. right. And that would be taking a page from natural retailers who have been, who have always done that. You know, they've always been uh, focused on the importance of their, their associates and, and, and their education on that. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we've seen as, as the shopping behaviors have changed during COVID is uh, a huge increase overall in sales in center store and the frozen aisle. Um, and, but what's interesting is now we're seeing a, um, a lot more healthy natural foods in frozen, whereas the, the category used to be considered more of a quick fix, you know, maybe less health focused um, products. Um, talk to us about what's going on in, in the frozen aisle with health and wellness. Yeah, you're right. Frozen sales um, are posting some of the highest year-over-year increases across all departments in the store. You know, there have always been healthy and natural foods in the frozen section. And I think that many of the brands that have a strong presence in this space, you know, can be associated back to um, kind of natural products. Um, you know, again, really strong brands that do a really good job there. I think what has amplified the growth is really attributable to COVID. And while in the beginning we saw a spike in shelf-stable products like canned fruits and vegetables, soups, pastas, you know, plant-based milks, as the pandemic moved on and cases continued to rise, consumers looked to maintain the stockpile, but they wanted to get fresher products. And you know, frozen really allows to have a, a fresher than um, fresh, you know, something that is, you know, you can put in your freezer, you can pull out when you need it. Um, it's not perishable. So you, you're kind of, you, you know, you get more freshness than you do in the center store, but, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, oh my gosh, my lettuce is going to run out in five days or, you know, the peas that I bought, or, you know, if I don't use them within a week, they're going to go bad. You know, this really gives a shift to shelf stable to frozen fruits and vegetables, for example, plant-based meats we see is like the fastest growing segment within the frozen area meals and entrees you know the common factor here is the ability kind of to stockpile but also having this uh, an ease of preparation mm-hmm. you know people being home six to nine months in um, everyone has to cook at home you know they're not able to go to restaurants um, maybe as much as they 
they would like to. Maybe that's because of budget issues, because of safety protocols. So products that are healthier but easier to cook have really a lot of appeal for people. It provides some variety for customers that are juggling, you know, Zoom calls for work, their kids' classes, homeschooling that they're having to do, and competing with their partners in their home for, you know, rapidly shrinking space. And so we, we see that great innovation in the space has a broader impact and that the array of products that, you know, that are there or something that customers can enjoy. And they're really discovering that as kind of a middle ground between truly fresh and kind of shelf stable that maybe they were, they thought they had to get when they were bunkering down, but now they're trying to kind of figure out the middle um, place. It is interesting to see too, that fresh produce is still quite high year over year. And so it's this coexistence between these that um, seem to exist quite happily together. Folks are still reaching for those fresh products, but that frozen segment is really, you know, if you're if you're stockpiling and thinking about what happens if cases are going up or down, you know, I've I've got some options there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the subsegments, um, sort of beyond the food category in, in health and wellness that spins follows um, CBD, which well actually can be in the food category. Uh, this this category was going great guns before the pandemic started. Um, how are things looking in, in, in the CBD segment right now? You know, honestly, CBD is down overall. Yeah, um, We've started to see some near-term improvement. But I really, you know, I think this can be associated with the differences that we see with state laws around CBD, around, you know, um, um, hemp and, you know, different approaches to laws. There's something on a federal level, for example. Some of this could be part of the financial pressure that consumers are under um, with high employment rates still quite high. Uh, we do see other supplement products associated with sleep and stress performing well. So, you know, that suggests some trading going on between CBD products that generally have a higher ring and some of the supplement products that may have a, a lower ring. You know, I think that we're still seeing quite a bit of innovation um, with CBD where it started in, you know, a lot of kind of the supplement space, it's really kind of gravitate, gravitated into a lot of the food and beverage. Um, you know, we've, we've looked at some beverage trends around CBD, um, and I think that we're still seeing quite a bit of innovation. So I think it's more adapting to kind of that high spike. And I think coming out of COVID, we're started, we'll start to see this recover a little bit, but we're going to see it probably pop up in places that um, it wasn't before, um, the pandemic hit us. Right. And, and another category that, that spins has really been focused on this year has been the pet category. You know, we see ourselves customers, uh, consumers seeking healthier lifestyle choices for themselves. And that includes their pets. Now, uh, tell us about some of the trends you're seeing there. Yes. So, you know, there's been tons of press about, um, kind of the pet adoption boom. Yeah. And, you know, folks that are either fostering or taking pets into their home because they're just there more often. And so obviously this has, you know, had a lot of press, you know, a ton of kind of growth in the category. You know, for things like non-consumables, bedding, toys, wellness products, you know, we see, you know, crazy growth for those. And so this really is indicative of folks are at home. 
their home with their pets, either new pets or existing pets. Um, you know, they're getting comfortable at home, so they're making their pets comfortable at home too, spending more time with them. And so it makes sense that, you know, things like bedding and, um, and toys would start to um, kind of bump up. You know, what we're seeing within the pet food and treat space is this kind of um, premiumization of pet food. So, you know, same trends that we're seeing around better for you products and mainstream grocery are exactly what we're seeing in pet food. So they're looking for um, foods that have some functional ingredients in them. They, you know, look for foods that have ancient grains. And so these kind of correlations between, um, you know, um, pet food that have um, the same kind of stringent um, qualities that, you know, food that you and I eat is really um, a strong um, kind of story that we're seeing in the pet space. And even CBD, you know, we see CBD products in the, the pet space too, particularly within treats, some of those kind of um, supplement type um, categories. But we also see other, um, you know, gut health is quite um, a growing category. We also see some with kind of skin hair. And so it's the idea that we're home, our pets are at home. And so we're, you know, we're all kind of benefiting from a better for you. Yeah. If you're making that choice for yourself, then you're making that choice for for your pet. Right. Good. Um, just to wrap up, you know, it's difficult to, to make predictions in, in the current environment, uh, but maybe you could share like two or three trends that that, that you, you know that Spins expects to see in 2021. Yeah. So I, I think first that the health and wellness trends that we're seeing right now will continue to grow. The consumers are prioritizing their diet. Um, to maintain their healthy lifestyle. Um, there are a few things kind of in the midst of the pandemic that, that we have control over. And one of those is the health and nutrition um, of the items that we put in our bodies. Um, that's both in food and beverage and supplements. Um, concern for um, the treatment of animals um, for the planet um, is another huge trend. Um, we can, you know, this year, 2020 has been a crazy year. So we see hurricanes and wildfires and all sorts of other climate related um, events. And those really kind of weigh on people's minds. Um, and then they choose consciously to pick products that have less of an impact on the planet. We see this with a range of certifications that look at animal welfare, um, you know, um, using products responsibly, packaging, things like that, you know, and so that is a, a huge trend that we continue to see that we expect to see moving into 2021. And, and then finally, the idea that digital and online have changed the way the consumer shop. Um, the lessons and the patterns of the last nine months of shopping um, will continue into 2021. The concept of buying through an app or online is not a novel thing. It's routine for us now. And picking up a store, picking up products at a store that you've purchased online is really hard baked into a consumer's expectations. Delivery services have rocketed to popularity. And, and I just don't think that that's something that's going to get, that genie's just not going to go back into the bottle. This is a, um, 
this is you know a practice and a way of purchasing that has caught on the innovation that has occurred within the last you know 10 months is five years worth of growth that yeah. you know that we predicted in a compressed time period so that's just going to be business as usual as we move into 2021 great great well, well thanks so much for, for these great insights jeff um, i think that uh, our listeners are going to get a lot out of this um so thanks for joining us today Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate the opportunity.